Hey guys, this is Table Talks with Atares, an inside look at the everyday conversations we have at our table. I'm MJ. <laughs> I'm Ash. Today we are giving you a masterclass. My guest speaker, Ashley Tara here, former chief talent development officer, chairman of the board of all group discussions. All of them everywhere. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Group Discussions International Incorporated. We're going to take some time to just maybe slightly in conjunction with the fact that we are now thrust into a lot of groups. It just like, you know, makes us think about these things. Mm-hmm. And we just want to put together a little discussion on what makes a good small group leader. Yeah, I mean, we really just talk about some of the ways that I saw this modeled well across the hundreds of leaders that I got to work with. So lots of examples of people who just knocked it out of the park. Some examples of people who, you know, there's need for improvement. And then we take some time to unpack how we are perfectly applying this in our personal lives towards the end. With a real life fight that we had actually tonight. Before we pressed record. (laughs) So I think it's going to be a good one. And we mentioned this at the end as well. If there's something else you specifically want us to talk about, we'd love to hear from you. You can reach us at the number 315. Just kidding. <laughs> wow. Ashley at honest underscore dot com. <laughs> Thanks. Hope you enjoy. <laughs> All right, babe. Today is going to be an interview <laughs> as, as a former chief talent development an officer. or interrogation? <laughs> it's an interview. Okay. And... I do want to make the distinction that this is not a critique, okay? but just a healthy discussion for anybody that is out there that wants to, you know, is a discussion leader uh-huh. or a small group leader. A discussion leader. Yeah, I don't know. Just people out there leading discussions. Yeah. <laughs> Left and right. Just uh, having discussions here and there. <laughs> and you happen to lead. Maybe even just... Yeah, I think this is specifically in the context of a small group leader. There are a lot of instances where people find themselves in small groups, whether you're in a church setting or they're all over the place, right? Or if you're trying to gather feedback from your group, the group that you or the team that you're over at work. At work, you lead, I mean, it's obviously not called small group, but you have team meetings all the time. Yeah. And so, yeah. I mean, you're all, you will always find yourself in these smaller yep. groups yep. where somebody is leading or facilitating. Right. And so the, the questions I want to ask you today is not necessarily because, how do I want to phrase this? Because we, we just talked about like being back in groups, joining groups. Right. We've been subjected to a lot of groups. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're faced with a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. And so maybe kind of like what you know i just cut judah's hair and having (laughs) cut hair a lot of times it's not so much that i do or don't like the way that i cut his hair as much as it is just wanted to talk about that how to cut hair correctly (laughs) right but i will say that that (laughs) cut was not your best (laughs) listen if he's wiggly like that that's the best i can do it's so hard so yeah but anyways (laughs) This is this is related to it in that this is not so much directly in critique to any particular group at all. Yeah. In I fact, mean, we're so grateful for like what we've been able to take part in. It's yes. been so good. Currently, but also we have been part of groups for a long time. Yeah. Like we've been part of so many different groups. Except that one group. 
and you know who I'm talking about. I'm just kidding. <laughs> you know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Just kidding. Yeah, no, we've been really, we've been really fortunate to be part of really awesome, like meet awesome people yeah. through the years yep. and yep. friends that we are still in touch with, friends like family, mm-hmm. things like that. And so today I want to really go to the master, the chief wow. of all development <laughs> of talents. <laughs> and if there's any question you have for anything, small group discussion, I know you're the one to go to because <laughs> you have all the answers. Sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and so I, I know I've come to the right place, but anyways, <laughs> just seeing a lot of these things come up again, being involved in them, having been involved in them in the past. I think, you know, what's, Really just what are the components that make a small group leader somebody that is a good, like how do you become a good discussion or small Mm. group leader and what distinguishes somebody who does this well versus who does somebody who doesn't do it as well? Yeah. It's surprisingly tough to be a good discussion leader or facilitator it's surprisingly more difficult than it seems. Yeah. It seems like any Joe Schmo would be able to just like sit in a group and be like, and lead, you'd be like, hey, can you lead discussion? Mm-hmm. No big deal. But man, when you put a bunch of people together with mm-hmm. different ways of thinking, different ways of operating, different personalities, different walks of life together in a room, you just never know what is going to happen, you know? And so I'll say this. I don't think there's a formula for it. I wish there was where I could be like, you know, A squared plus B squared equals C squared. And that's how you lead your group discussion, you know? Yeah, the Pythagorean theory. Yeah, like I, I wish it was like that, but it's not. And so there's nothing that I would be able to give that would work in every single setting, right? But I can say that I have been, I have worked alongside hundreds of leaders Mm -hmm. in my experience and i have been in just as many small group settings in my role i was pulled into meetings all the time (laughs) and so and and asked to help facilitate or watch you know facilitate or coach Mm -hmm. the facility you know just i have seen so many different group settings talking about different things whether it's like a strategic planning meeting or a retreat or um, a correction, you know, somebody is being corrected in that meeting, like a mediation meeting between employees, like so many different types of meetings. And so I've seen so many, I have like a, a massive data set of people who did this really well. And then a lot of examples of people who just totally botched it. Yeah. Some people who knew they did it like left and was like, that was awful. Yeah. Some people who were like really thought they did a good job, but they were just like really bad and lacking in self-awareness. So what are like some of the themes of people who do it really well in how they conduct the meeting? If it's not formulaic, what are some of the distinctives of a leader that knows how to lead discussion well? So I think preparedness and an understanding of who is going to be at the meeting and what they might be expecting. Okay. And so, and that's just one, that's one thing that comes to my mind is that, and I'm specifically thinking of a lot of leaders who did this well, 
they would send an agenda before the meeting of like, hey, this is what we're going to be discussing and send out to an email of the people who are going to be at that meeting. Yep. And the, and some leaders I would see would say, hey, so-and-so, when we get to this point, can you talk on that? Or, hey, team, I really want us to, I really want to hear your thoughts when we get to point B. Like there would be some sort of like prompt of this is what we're going to talk about in the agenda. And then if there was like if the leader specifically wanted to camp out on something, they would note it beforehand. So people knew that was the expectation going into it. Like we're going to camp out on this. And so I want you to bring your thoughts. And so it really helps people understand what part they need are expected to contribute to. Because sometimes you have leaders who want to do all of the talking, right? And so the agenda is very like this is what not even what we're going to talk about. This is what I'm going to talk about. Right. And so they're coming to that meeting either with an understanding of like, I need to listen and take in what's being said from the agenda versus like, oh, I'm expected to contribute to the discussion. Right. So there has to be that understanding of people like you have to let them know, is this what kind of meeting are we talking about here, right? And so I think that preparedness of the leader kind of study the expectation of this is what we're going to talk about. These are the things that are going to be covered. I specifically want to hear from you on such and such parts. You know what I mean? Some sort of like way that that was communicated. Um, what's I've, that What's that in a small group leader church settings? Uh, like how does that apply in that context? I think if you're going to be talking about, I mean, a lot of times you're discussing some sort of passage, right? Yeah. The scripture. So read it. Hey, we're going to be talking about, you know, these verses. Mm-hmm. And then maybe just throw out one question. I'd really like to know what everybody thinks about blank. And so now you have people thinking in a, in a not a productive way. I don't want to say productive, but in the way that you're planning to hear from people. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. otherwise what happens is you get to group <laughs> and then, you know, we read the passage mm-hmm. And then you say, okay, what does everybody think? But now you're capturing people's raw lifetime thoughts. And you have to consider that there are introverted people. There are extroverted people. Which is your second point. There are people who are internal processors. There are people who are external processors. So if you have internal processors, they can sit there while there's discussion and still think their own thoughts and process. Mm-hmm. If you have external processors, they're going to process their thoughts out loud. And so those people are going to seem like they're hijacking the conversation. Mm-hmm. You're not setting them or the internal processors up for success. You're going to throw out a question and say, okay, what does everybody think? And then there's going to be silence because people are thinking, but you're going to want to move the conversation along, right? And so, whereas if you just threw that, if you gave that to them beforehand, some people aren't going to read it. Some people aren't going to think about it. Some people will, and that will at least start the discussion. So you're not just all left sitting there in awkward silence or if you're throwing this out to your team and you're like, I want to hear your thoughts and it feels like nobody has any thoughts, you're like, does anybody take this seriously? You know? Yeah. Yes, they do. But you should have given to that to them beforehand so that they can actually think about what they want to say. You're putting them on a spot in front of everybody. Some people don't feel comfortable just throwing out their thoughts like that to people, you know? I also wonder whether or not the leader should have a consideration for whether or not they just want to put guidelines as to where the discussion will go generally mm-hmm. or a lot of times we run into settings where the leader is actually trying to get some 
people to a certain point in the discussion. Yes. And you can tell because they end up asking very directed questions. Yes. And try to get them to this aha moment. And for me, like as a teacher, in terms of like how I naturally communicate with, not that like I'm trying to teach everybody I talk, not everybody I talk to I'm trying to teach to, Mm. but there is a sense of being aware of where everybody is at with their cognition of what they're trying to grasp. Right. And I think that being really dialed in on, are you trying to facilitate discussion towards a certain direction or are you trying to get people to reach a certain milestone? Mm -hmm. Because the context of how these people, how these two different leaders ask questions is really different. One corrals and then the other one pulls towards a certain mile marker before the discussion ends. And so what do you think are some of the ways that you can guard against? Because I think ideally you would want to be somebody that tries to just facilitate the discussion, meaning like let's put some boundary lines as to like what we should or shouldn't talk about, Yeah, but not bleed into hey, I want you to have this deep understanding of this particular point I'm trying to get across Mm -hmm. for everybody to get there before we leave this meeting today. Yeah. The leaders that I saw who did it well were just very humble. And so I I did not see them go into a meeting ever feeling like, man, I've got something to teach them. Mm -hmm. You can just tell when somebody is trying to prove something in that they want to come across as teaching something, um, especially in a setting where it, it is more of like teaching nature and not we're going over an agenda and discussing meeting notes, you know, in a setting where there's actual maybe like teaching, we're discussing something and, and we're trying to learn something together. Yeah. That's more where you see people feeling leaders feeling like they have to prove mm-hmm their leadership of, and I think especially in the church setting, like that they are theologically astute, you know? And so I got to like come up with all this like historical, you know, I got to throw out all the stuff that I know. Yeah. Yeah. So that not, I think sometimes, you know, it might not even be for the sake of us learning and growing together as much as like showing what I know Mm. and proving that. Mm Mm-hmm. I, I know something and and that affirms my leadership position because mm-hmm. if I'm in this position, then I should mm-hmm. know what I'm talking about, you yeah. know? And so I think leaders have to really guard against that um, in this, and just have a humility that my role here as the leader is not to prove what I know. It's to help us grow as a group. Yeah. And to listen to what the Lord is revealing to yeah. every, everyone else, you know? So be prepared know who it is you're talking to your external processors your internal processors and then within that too silence doesn't mean they're not thinking about anything yes and then the third one just lost it um the humility piece oh yeah the third one being that you need to be willing to go basically at the speed of the group yes and not displaying how like intelligent you are yes and how knowledgeable you are about these certain things and a good check for that is are you the one doing most of the talking leader you need to stop (laughs) you need to listen to your people (laughs) you know like leader calm down we get that you know a lot (laughs) you're doing a lot of the talking here (laughs) yeah that's the check is like 
if you're the leader and you're doing all the talking, let's pause. Let's ask some facilitating questions to see what other people are thinking too. Right. Discussion leader means that you lead the discussion, (laughs) not be the top of the leaderboard of the discussion. Yes. So, yeah, that's a good point. So, yeah, I think those are all really good points. Also, just, I don't know. I think there's just a weird, there's just a weird dynamic. I don't even know what it is in group discussion, particularly in a Christian setting Hmm. where there is a pressure as a leader to be like the most spiritual person in the room maybe mm-hmm. and you overlay that with you know you are placed in that role maybe with training maybe without mm-hmm. and a lot of times you s- see this when there's a transition between somebody who's really good with processes and he gets elevated to the role of like okay you know really well how to um read the bible mm-hmm. or you know really well how to reference back to the greek or whatever and now you're handed off promoted to leading like people and that switch from being over processes to now being over people mm-hmm. you can't apply that same level of maybe scrutiny or it's just it's different yeah. <laughs> you're not leading you can't be leading people the way you are probably manipulating and working through your processes and improving yes the process and so yep those are two different skills always and so i would see this a lot where the person who is really good at doing the job would be promoted because but that's the next thing, right? But now they're managing people mm-hmm. and they move from the one who is doing the thing to now they're managing people to do the thing. And they have a hard yeah. time making that transition. Some people have a really hard time with that yeah, because what they know is how to do the thing, not how to work, teach people to do the thing, yeah, you know? And so it's two different skills and you're getting into more of the qualitative things when you're working with the people who are doing the thing rather than just doing the thing yourself. Yeah. So it's a really, that's a really tough transition. I think a few other just really helpful tips for the person who is leading discussion. One, this is universal no matter like what setting you're in. Make eye contact with everyone in the room because people tend to, for whatever reason, gravitate towards like two or three people in the group that you just continuously make eye contact with. And so this is like just something to even note. Like in you and I, I'm always trying to be aware of this in myself when I'm like teaching or leading or when I was just speaking at different places, I was always trying to be mindful of like making a full sweep of who I'm talking to because inevitably you tend to talk to the person who's like directly in front of you. So if you're in a group setting, a lot of times you're in a circle, right? Or you're around a table. You tend to look at the person who's like right in front of you. And then the people who are like your left and your right. So there's gaps of people in between that you're not like looking at. And I've felt this in a group where the leader doesn't like look at me at all in discussion. And it's like this sub subtle subconscious thing, but you do in a sense feel excluded from conversation when you're not being looked at. And so it's just something I've kind of observed in different group settings that I've been in. You'll, and I would notice people who the facilitators would not look at would be more inclined to be on their phone or distracted or it's just like a really small, subtle thing, but it can make a huge difference. If you are the leader, try to make an intentional effort to literally look at every single person in the eyes in that group. 
Um, and don't let yourself gravitate to just like looking at one person. So that's like one, like just a quick tip that will increase your like effectiveness just by like making eye contact with everybody in the room. And then another thing was to some leaders I saw do this so well where they were able to connect people's stories or things that they said. And so they would say, you know, MJ, when you were talking, it reminded me of what so-and-so said. Some leaders were able to really facilitate discussion by just connecting and then letting that person kind of Mm -hmm. taking it and run with it. Does that make sense? Yeah. When I say that. Um, And so helping kind of connect what people are saying to each other builds this like, I don't know, it just does this really effective thing in a group conversation. And so the leaders who could really listen and do that well and connect people's thoughts and stories Mm -hmm. just had such a better discussion experience than leaders who would listen to one person say, okay, next and go to the next one. Okay. Who else wants to contribute? You know, about that too, just to keep going off of that. Is it good to point out people that haven't been contributing to the discussion and why or why not? So I think that depends. I think if you are a leader who tends to want everyone in the group to participate, then I think you should communicate that in the beginning of like, hey, Mm. this is what we're going to be talking about. I would like to hear from everyone tonight. So you're setting, you got to set people up for success. I really think it's a better experience when people know what to expect. And so if I'm in there. Meaning like don't ambush them. you, uh, You just, and the reason I say that is because you just never know what they're walking in with. Right. You never know what they're coming in with. And I've seen some leaders put some people on the spot and now like, you know, it was Susie May who just lost someone, you know, and now the leader's pointing her out because she's been silent this whole time and seems like she's totally disengaged, but she's really just trying to keep herself together. And now that moment just made her break apart in front of the whole group, you know? Right. And so I've, I've just seen these moments where it's like, oof, that was a bad call. Like <laughs> that was a bad read and a bad assumption. And you just never know what people are bringing into mm. that room. And so I think for that reason, it's just a much more effective way to let them bring it to the table than you to try to extract it from them. <laughs> and so I think just setting it up and saying, I'd like to hear from everyone tonight is a little bit more inviting than we're in this moment. MJ, what do you think? You know, yeah. that can be effective for some people. Right. Some people will go with that. Some people will be like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Now, now I'm terrified and like, please don't call on me again. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like some people that really messes with their psyche and right. can make them feel a lot of pressure to answer. Or like if I was called out at the moment, I would just, I could be like totally not thinking about the answer or the question. And like the, all that's in my mind is that my armpit is itchy and I need to scratch it right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And now like, what's the point of the discussion for you to be contributing openly and honestly and with your you know genuine thoughts or like now you're under pressure that's going to change how you're thinking about things you're all in your head you might say something you don't mean so i just i think it's more effective to invite people to the table (laughs) rather than to demand that they speak up in my experience i've seen that to be really effective leaders who would do that so that, that comes with 
along with just being prepared i think preparing your group or the team Mm -hmm. or whatever it is the context with what the right expectations are for the Mm -hmm. discussion the meeting yeah um or the small group how about on the flip side sorry were you gonna say something i was just gonna say like in trainings sometimes i found it effective if you really wanted to hear from some people um but i could tell like this person is probably introverted or they're an which is there's nothing wrong with them right (laughs) no it's not a disease not not at all but like just gotta represent all the introverted people (laughs) like we have like an std i never wanted to put them on the spot yeah because i knew that's our worst nightmare you know and so i sometimes an an effective technique i could I found to do was sometimes after the training, I would go to that person and say, Hey, you have some really good thoughts on this. I would love for you to share that with the class next time. So I would just kind of like take them to, I would do it personally. Like, Hey, or before the next group, let's say we were going to talk about something and I really wanted you to contribute before that group. I'd be like, MJ, I would really love for you when we get to this point, like, can you please talk about this? Like, Mm -hmm. I think what you have to say is really like important for people to hear that sets you up and I'm not putting you on a spot in the moment. I'm like giving you time to think about it, process your you know, thoughts and go to you personally. I would do that over doing it in the middle of the, in front of the group. What about on the extreme opposite end of somebody that just like will not shut up, just loves to talk, loves to chime in on every answer. Yeah. So again, I think that's a, if it's a, I think that can be curbed in some instances by how you manage the discussions, like your group time, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think... But how do you like... So I think for this one, next question, everybody other than Ashley, please answer. <laughs> yeah. Like, how do you do that? How do you actually do that? So I would... Most people, when they're going, there's a there's a pause. There's a point of pause and then sometimes they'll keep going, right? Right when they get to the pause, I would chime in. I love that. State back what they said. What else? Who else has some other thoughts? So you have to be like on your feet. Like don't cut them off necessarily. But most people (laughs) (laughs) have to pause, right? Like you have to breathe at some point. And so curb it. Like, you know, regurgitate a little bit of what they said. And then like open it, throw it, you know, into the room for somebody else to, hey, let's, let's talk about this. You mentioned this. I think that's a really good point. Does anybody else have any thoughts about that? Yeah. So that's a, a gentle way of doing that. Sometimes I would say things like, I'd love to hear, like that person would finish, let that person finish. I'd love to hear from the rest in the group. What, what do yeah. you know? So it's kind of gently like, Hey, we got I'd, some other people. That I'd love we to hear, hear from, from anybody other than Ashley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then if it becomes like a recurring problem, I would just go to that person and be like, hey, I think what you have to say is really important. But not that important. I've even found leaders who give that person something like a more of a, a role of like, hey, next week when we get to this point, can you actually lead a discussion? And yeah. it's interesting to see how some people can take that and actually learn. Mm-hmm to do something different with it. You know what I mean? Like they can actually learn to ask questions. They can actually yeah. learn to facilitate more. So I think there are different tactics for that. I think you have to know who you're working with. And sometimes I've seen leaders have to bring that person aside and say, Hey, what you have to say is really important, but you are hijacking the conversation. <laughs> you led the entirety of the conversation yeah. and that robbed the right. rest of the group from being able to contribute next week. I would like to 
you know. Have you shut up? No. <laughs> you know, they would say something. Like I heard one leader say, you know, I want you to wait five seconds before answering. Like just yeah. as a practice, I just want you to practice that, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. There's different ways you can handle it. Right. But it's not a formula. It's, it's not a formula. And it's really hard to do that on the spot, which is why I say like you put Joe Schmo in that setting and now he's navigating all these like dynamics happening in a room. You have to have some sort of emotional intelligence to know how to go through that. And to be fair too, like there are instances that you and I have experienced where having somebody express something and start talking, maybe this is somebody who's comfortable with talking and externalizing and they have a pause and the leader could have moved on, but they decided to park there. Yeah. And it ended up being like really beneficial for that person and yeah. unpacking actually something that they were working through or wrestling with. Yeah. And so, you know, to your point, it isn't always, the goal isn't always to just level the playing field for everybody with amount of time being used in how much they're talking as much as it is like just really corralling where the discussion is going to and at, there's times where it is appropriate to have one person talking more than others mm -hmm. if like with the direction of where it should be headed as a group is in line with what you want to accomplish as a leader and so mm -hmm. again it's just not super formulaic where we can just say well ashley you've you've used up more than half of the time you can't talk anymore yeah i'm sorry but you need to be silent the rest of the the meeting mm -hmm. so. um one other thing for for topics that get thrown into the conversation that shouldn't be addressed at that time Ooh, like, yeah, this good. is the not the time to do this yeah. or we at this table do not have any amount of authority to do anything with this yeah I saw this guy do this thing in an exercise. It was just, I thought it was so brilliant. I had asked him to lead a team meeting. And so he used a whiteboard and we were talking about this particular discussion was addressing like, what what's going right? Basically what's going wrong? What do we have questions about? And like, where do we need improvement? Mm -hmm. And so we knew this was going to be like a loaded conversation you know when yeah. we get to like what's wrong like the cans open you know yeah everyone's gonna talk about everything this guy made this other i didn't tell him to do this but he made this other column that said parking lot and whenever somebody threw something out it was like yep that might be wrong but like this is not something we can do anything with here in this conversation he would say let's put it in the parking lot mm. It's an important point. I think it's important that we just acknowledge this is a problem, that yeah. you see this as a problem, but this isn't something that we can deal with, but let's at least get it on the board. And yeah. it just, even just that was very firming, but also kept the boundary line of like, we're not going to talk about it. Yeah. And so I thought that was such a brilliant idea Yeah. where if you're a leader and you're working with your team and you do have to have these hard discussions where you are going through like what's not going well, yeah. allow your people to have that conversation, put a little column that says parking lot. And like in this column where we're talking about things that are not going well that we need to improve, let's get all that stuff out. Anything that's like, we're not going to touch in this meeting, let's put in the parking lot. Mm -hmm. Let's at least get it on the board. I'll acknowledge what, like we all see it. <laughs> it's a problem. But like we got other problems we got to deal with first. And so I just thought it was such a helpful, it was such a productive way to keep the conversation out of the weeds. Mm -hmm. 
how does this apply to like one-on-one discussions? Because you and I are like flawless in how we execute in our <laughs> in our conversations with each other. I'm trying to think of like like literally like before we hit record. There's, yeah. I think you and I miss a lot of times uh, intent versus execution. Yeah, all the time. And and it's just like, well, you said this. Well, I meant that. Yeah. Well, you said that. Well, this is what I meant. And it's just, uh, how do we how do we translate a lot of this expertise over to how we you and I relate on a day to day love? I am not going to pretend to be the expert here. I'm. I saw a lot of leaders who were experts that I learned a lot from, and so I'll say that I I don't know nothing about nothing, but I saw a lot of people who knew what they were doing and did right. it very well. And I just try to learn from them. Okay. Um. So I got a lot to learn, babe. I don't know. I mean, I got it all to learn. And so like, I think it just comes down to having, being able to be humble and say, I was wrong when I'm wrong. It really boils down to that. Like Like, I was wrong and here's how I want to be better. And like, call me out when I'm not doing that. We're, uh, I think what it boils down to too, is that like, we're pretty prideful. I'm not, I'm not just saying you and I. But let's just talk about you and I because let's let's put the rest of it in the parking lot right now. <laughs> <laughs> See how I'm applying it? Yeah. But generally, I think that's the most common roadblock that we hit is that either I am unwilling to be called out for my flaws. <laughs> flaws? What flaws? Exactly. <laughs> what are flaws? <laughs> Or vice versa. And so, and I think at a, like a faith level, like at a spiritual level, it really means recognizing that you are not seated at the throne of your life or your heart or however you want to call it. Like there's, there's something, it, it ties back to this like whole discussion we had on prayer and that a lot of it is acknowledging that we are flawed and pride is the lack of the ability to acknowledge that there is a flaw in you. Yeah. Yep. And so I guess I know that's something I need to work on because it seems like it is the worst confession to a crime to say that I have done something wrong against you. And it seems so right to not say anything about that. But without question, that probably is the most common roadblock that you and I run into whenever we do. And the very few times that you and I ever get into any tiff, it, it ends up, you know, because we never fight. Like we were always in one accord, <laughs> one one Honda accord. Yeah. No, but in the times that we do, I think that's just the most common. And so, yeah, I'm just curious how we could apply this, you know, in terms of, I guess we can't really be prepared because we just talk when we talk. I think the little things of like, even something simple, like I have something on my mind. You're just coming from work. Setting oh, yeah. you up. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. like those little that's things. That's like my agenda. You yeah. know, of like, hey, I got something on my mind. I need to talk about well, this. Okay, and you being able to say yeah. either like, yes, let's, you know, I can receive this. Or, you know what, what you have to say is important. I can't receive it All right, right now. So like, let's unpack that. Because like, literally, I'm trying to tackle this front yard, trying to oversee it, get new grass <laughs> in. And like the only thing I have in mind over like that i want to tackle this weekend is to try and get that like done yeah and so in trying to set the context for i was like babe i really want to try and get this done for the weekend i bought this tiller i I rented this tiller i have to return it yeah so i was like 
this mental time crunch in my mind. Yeah. And I was like, what do you need to do this weekend? Just trying to get everybody set up on the yeah, same page yeah. that we're flowing. You know, we're trying to get these rhythms well as a family. And you're and the kids were really tough this week. Yeah. To be fair. It was so just a tough week. You're just like, I just don't want to be stuck with the kids all day. So I was like, so you don't want me to till up the land for the grass? <laughs> yeah. You come in with, with this like these questions, these accusatory questions. <laughs> I'm like, why would the accusatory questions? I do want this for you, love. So you want to have this all go to waste? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think um I think, you know, my first mistake was not recognizing that when my husband comes to me and says, hey, I've been thinking about something, that means you've really been thinking about something. I need to take it very seriously. I'm just like, oh, I thought this was just like a fleeting thought to your head. You know, this is like something that you can't get out of your head. I've been taking a lawn care masterclass. So that was my first mistake. Yeah. I was not from the get-go giving it the yeah. <laughs> importance that it actually was occupying in your head. Right. And so I think yeah. I mean my my thing is that I need to learn how to communicate my needs better. It's yeah. my fatal flaw. I'm terrible at communicating what what I need mm-hmm. in a way that you know, my intention is there, but the execution is just gets a little bit out of line right. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, and I think the way I just try to, the way I try to expand on the conversation is slightly, slightly accusatory. And I don't, like, man, I just need to do a better job of not, so you don't want me to do this at all? Yeah, it's like this assumptive conclusion, but you're trying to, I mean, I think you know the answer. Yeah. But you're trying, it's I, like I said something and you're trying to like attack that logic, but somehow with this assumptive like way. Yeah, it's it's a weird way of like, I need something. I'm sorry, I'm going to say it at first. And then you say that you need something and I'm not going to reiterate that I need something. I'm just going to like dance around this. You'll be like, so what I need isn't important. Exactly. Like that's at the core of it. It's like almost like you hurt me at that level when i come back at you with what so you just don't care about my life anymore like <laughs> that's like, the response where, that you get from I, me yeah, i'm like where is this coming from man? but i think it's in in my mind a continuation of like i have a need that i know you can meet and that response felt like i'm not like i'm not important to that it's such a silly thing right like but we step, take a step back a, i mean in in your defense that is a very filipino way it's it's like that like let me indirectly tell you right because it's I like mean. hard to be it's hard to be vulnerable i get that I get and that so way. it's just like i'm putting my this delicate flower <laughs> onto onto the table and somebody is just hosing it down with a pressure I washer i'm sorry i just i am too direct to read between the lines i'm like i don't i don't know man do you what do you need if, right. if you're like hey i have this need but what do you need i'm like okay i'll tell you what i need and they're like but you don't even care about <laughs> exactly like, but you asked me what i need and so right. i just said that i don't know what you want from me yeah so i i think i think i just need to i think i need to get better at asking what is the need 
for you and reminding you that your needs are important to me as well. Exactly. And I think there could maybe possibly be a slight improvement on your end <laughs> of just actually communicating. In the, in the unlikely event that I could possibly improve. speaking. Right. <laughs> just a little bit more directly. Yeah. Hey, no. I have a need. Can you help me? I'd be like, of course. I'd right. love to meet you. Yeah. So that's that ties it all together. <laughs> I the real, you know, test would be how we are as group leaders. We haven't led a group in a while. Yeah. Probably a good reason not to. That's probably why we haven't led a group in a while. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody wants to be in our group. <laughs> it's all good. Uh, I know everybody that's listening to us is basically <laughs> in our group. Uh, Anyways. I hope this was helpful. I would love for this to be helpful. If you are in a small group leader yeah. position in any way, shape, or form yep. inside the church, not in the church, I hope that this was helpful to you. I hope you gleaned at least something from it. Yeah. If if you talk to other human beings or ever have. <laughs> or ever will. Or ever For will. any reason. Yeah. <laughs> And I think ever also, if you are listening to this and there's something else you want us to talk about, we'd really love to hear, you know, from you and, and see if there's something specific that you'd like for us to talk about or unpack because yeah, we're, we're all just learning and there's clearly, you know, we're not the ones that are the experts. We're figuring this out as we go as well. And we've learned a couple of things along the way, but it's just been cool to kind of share with where we're at and what we've seen work and not work so well. And so if there's anything else that you'd like for us to explore, we'd we'd love to know about it because we'll definitely take the time to unpack it. So there you go. Well, hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of Table Talks with the Tares. We'd love to hear from you. And if there's something you'd specifically like for us to talk about, visit honors underscore dot com slash table talks to let us know. And if this episode was helpful to you, be sure to subscribe and to also share it with a friend. We really appreciate your support. All music is from the OG MJ Tare. Join us next time for another conversation at our table.